I wanted to jump in very quickly before you enjoy the edition of 15 Minutes with a Mentor to tell you about the newsletter that we recently launched at Recruitment Mentors a few weeks ago. It's called Limitless Learning and the whole premise and and, and purpose of it is to directly send you practical advice, tips and tactics directly into your inbox that can help you improve as a recruiter. The feedback so far from the three editions that we've released have been fantastic. For example, the last edition was on five questions you can ask on a business development call and why. And I want to tell you about it so you can join it. You can subscribe completely free. You can go to recruitmentmentors.com forward slash limitless hyphen learning. That's recruitmentmentors.com forward slash limitless learning or you can go on recruitmentmentors.com and you'll get hit with one of those pop-up messages where you can sign up but i want to tell you about it if you're here to learn and develop then why not get direct tips and advice directly into your inbox so sign up and join the thousands of other recruiters that already signed up that are motivated to be better than yesterday enjoy the episode Welcome to the Recruitment Mentors Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. This is another edition of the 15 Minutes with a Mentor series where we interview some of the brilliant mentors that we've onboarded and welcomed to the Recruitment Mentors community platform. And in this series, we're going to ask them seven questions in 15 minutes to find out things like how they've overcome their biggest challenge, to understanding their most effective way that they've won business this year. Today, I'm very thrilled to be joined by Rob. And um, before I ask you the first question, Rob, I'll uh, hand it over to you to introduce yourself. Always a pleasure, Hisham. Good to be here. So yeah, my name is Rob Hanna. I'm the founder and CEO of KC Partners. We are a disruptive legal recruitment firm. So day to day, what do I do? I show lawyers how to transform their careers by securing them their dream jobs in the law. I'm also a legal content creator, board advisor and investor. And I regularly speak for a number of legal organizations. And in addition, I'm the super proud host of our Legally Speaking podcast, which is in the top two and a half percent of all podcast globally so that's me it's great to be here Hisham. love that feel like you practice that maybe once or <laughs> twice maybe once or twice <laughs> love that right first question i have for you so what what has been your biggest challenge so far this year and how have you overcome it Really good question. So I think a positive challenge for us has been managing our workload and staying focused. So what I mean by that, the pandemic, a lot of markets were affected and even the legal market was knocked to a degree. We've actually seen the legal market has shifted significantly from a client driven market back at the end of 2020 to in 2021 being back to its usual state of a candidate driven market. So we're getting a number of vacancies called in, which is great. And you you never want to be saying no to, to vacancies, but actually it's making sure that we are saying no to the, to the vacancies that aren't right for us and staying focused. I think a lot of people get jobs in 
and suddenly they've been so quiet, they don't really focus on managing what is your ICA, your ideal customer avatar. And so we've been really trying to understand where do we want to be? What rates? What are the roles? Which are the clients we want to further penetrate? And staying super, super focused because sometimes it's so easy to go off on a tangent. So a positive challenge for us has actually been managing our workload and ensuring we're going in the direction and working with the clients we want to work with. Love that. So look, we've all seen the um, work from home polls. Yeah. Right. Being sort of polled to death. But I, I want to know from, from the people that we have on this show, like you, because obviously the great thing about recruiters, you speak to so many people and obviously we speak to people from different sectors on here. So like from your shoes, like how do you see the future of work? Is it a fully remote world? Is it a hybrid? Is it just back in the office? Is it a combination of all of them? So like, how do you see the future of work from your eyes and, and why? I see the future of work as remote, and I know that's controversial, um, but I do see the future as a virtual and remote. And there's one reason for that. I'm yet for somebody to tell me a business that is not looking at its cost base. Because if you look at fixed costs, office space is one of the largest fixed costs. However, the caveat to that is we need to look after our next generation of recruiters, our next generation of lawyers. So there needs to be better resources and platforms and things developed to support people. Because the obvious comment back to that is, well, how are the young people going to learn viosmosis? They're going to miss the office environment. They're going to be missing all of those factors. But I do believe that virtual is here and here to stay. I think if you look at the time savings, the access, the ability to make things happen, all of that have been positive advancements through in business. But there's a lot to be developed from a virtual remote world to ensure that the culture and businesses and particularly the next generation of people get the support that is needed. So I, I, I'm not one of these that says it's going to be a hybrid. I think the short term is a hybrid, but I think longer, longer term, as things evolve, we're going to move to a virtual world. And I appreciate that's a very perhaps different view to what most people are giving the obvious answers of a hybrid. Yeah, no, interesting. So, so the next question I had, I'm, I'm going to change. So the next question has been like, what's been the most effective way for you to win business so far this year? But I think quite a lot of people have already shared how actually, like you said, it, it sort of flipped on its head, right? So I think where people would get more value is thinking not that, I mean, every single great recruit will say that they should always be doing business development. But what I'm going to ask you, Rob, uh, is what's been the most effective way for you and, and your team so far to um, tap into and win candidate relationships that you can then um, place and, and support so far this year? The one thing that we did before all of this is we really looked after our existing candidates and clients during the pandemic. So we went above and beyond, even though we didn't have the vacancies, even though we didn't have uh, the active candidates, we made sure that what we already had we looked after and protected, be that through new news, through check-ins, because we have to remember we're dealing with people. We're not dealing with candidates, their lives, their human, their mental state. So one thing we really invested in was actually, let's protect what we've built for the last four and a half years. We've got this great database. We've got all these existing clients and we're checking in with them. We're making sure they're okay. We're seeing how we can be ready how we can actually add value to them when the market turns. So the biggest thing that we did was really make sure that we predicted there was going to be this wave of activity. And I mentioned before, a positive challenge at the moment is now managing all of that activity, but was really wrapping up in cotton wool or existing candidates and clients, as well as obviously focusing on new ones and actually re retaining clients and developing clients further and actually increasing your customer lifetime value is just as precious as going out fishing cold new clients. Yeah, nice. Interesting. 
So that long-term approach and, and that's paid dividends by now candidates coming back to you and, and remembering how you treated them six, 12 months ago, that's then given you, okay, interesting. Because it's not just a job, you know, you're not just, you're not just having a relationship with a candidate for a job. You should be actually helping them with market insights. They might want to help you with an internal promotion. So it's a long-term play. Contacts are good, but relationships play. So as a recruiter, anyone listening, it's a long-term relationship. And you may not actually place the candidate you've had a 10-year relationship with every time, but your long-term customer value will be far significant if you really invest the time in keeping in touch and actually adding value to them rather than just being a spot placement recruiter. Yeah. So uh, so my next question is, uh, I want to sort of cast you back to first couple of days of Rob entering the recruitment industry. Joined Lehman's, Lehman's Crash 2008. Joined S3 2008. <laughs> so what I want to know is, I love this question, like what advice would you give to Rob Hanna first week in recruitment um, as you're just entering the recruitment industry? What If you could go back and, and speak to that, Rob, what would you say? I'm going to give a piece of advice that I it will give because it's different now because we're in a digital world. The one thing I would do now if I was starting out is I would invest in a personal brand and have a social media presence because the one thing you need to realize in business, you're going to take a lot of knocks. You're going to maybe make a few moves as a recruiter throughout your career. But the one thing that will never leave you and you'll never start from zero if you invest in it from the start is your personal brand. So I would really encourage people, if you're just starting out in the recruitment industry, to start focusing on a pilk. Uh, personal brand. Other things that are probably more commonly said is I would make sure you really know your niche. You know, understanding and having the subject matter expertise can really make you stand out. So what does that mean? Actually read articles, speak to candidates, learn what your market is all about, the metrics so you can have really good substantive informative conversations with your candidates and know what they do to really showcase that you're really understanding the market you're operating in. I would say surround yourself by the best people in the room. So if you know people are doing a great job and not necessarily billers, because yes, you want to surround yourself and understand what the top billers are doing, but also who are the best relationship builders? Who are the best people at business development? Who's the best candidate generator? Because the best candidate generator may, may, may not be the best biller. The, the best business developer may not be the best biller, but you want to pick all those little skills and nuggets of wisdom and learn vastmosis from those people and be a sponge when you first start out. The other thing is don't take any positive praise or negative praise personally because you've got to be resilient. So at the end of the day, just remember, run your own race at your own pace and you're going to get knockbacks. So you've got to be resilient. So yes, positive praise is great, but don't let that affect you, particularly as much as if you get any negative criticism or if your candidate's you know, doesn't happen or a client, it doesn't happen. Just move on. You've got to learn to be resilient. And my last piece is focus, focus on being 1% better every day. So a lot of people as junior recruiters come to work, do the same things. They're not getting, they're putting out adverts or they're doing the same sourcing strategy. They're doing the same business development strategy and they're not getting any gains. So what can you do differently if you're not seeing those marginal gains to ensure that you're going in the right direction? Stop going through the motions, take a step back, actually analyze what you're doing and then focus on just those 1% gains every day because you can't make a universal change overnight. You have to do it gradually and be organized. <laughs> love that build your brand be curious self-awareness yeah that's that's good love that so next question bit of a different one go for it what and i've changed i've changed this from the last time that uh, we did this so the funniest 
I don't know if the right, it's the right way, but you get what I'm trying to ask. The funniest candidate excuse that you've heard so far in your career. Oh, brilliant. Oh, God. Having to go back there. Um, I, I left my phone at home when I went on holiday. That was the best. And this was about a year ago. Yeah. Oh, I left my phone at home. I didn't see your emails. I missed, oh, sorry, I've just come back to you. Yeah. Who forgets their phone when they're going on holiday, knowing we live in a Instagram world? We live in a world. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I yeah. left. My, sorry, I forgot my phone. I left it when I went on holiday. Okay. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. All right. So next question is 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 a bit more of a scenario, and I just want to sort of um, I guess just hear how you'd approach it, or like yeah, j- just hear what what comes up for you when I when I put you in this scenario. So the scenario is a scenario that we've all found ourselves in in recruitment which is a particular business that you've been trying to get in with some time uh it's a it's a brand that you're really excited about potentially working with you're confident you can help them and they finally buy it you might have sent a mail shot expecting a cv um and you've been able to get a call booked in with the relevant person um, at that business so you prepare for the call the call's going well uh, you're building rapport, but when it gets to sort of crunch time or discussing next steps or even potentially going down the route of terms and how you work, they hit you with the classic that, that they've got a PSL and at the moment they only work with agencies on that PSL. So it's been good to speak to you, Rob, but um, look, we, we use a PSL and that's how we work. So I guess all I want to hear from you is like, how would you, what would you say maybe and how would you approach that conversation? Okay. Firstly, I want to understand two things. Am I? Who am I speaking to? Am I speaking to the decision maker of the PSL or an influencer of the PSL? And what was the? Uh, am I allowed to use creative license in terms of why they got in touch? So, was it a, a bit of new news? Was it a podcast, a snippet they saw, a CV? Because I think those two are very, very key pieces of information to understand. Yeah. So I love that you asked that question. So yeah. So let's go decision maker. So the person that it, it definitely has a decision on the PSL. Yeah. And then two, I think, yeah, the way that you operate, it's going to be something like, um, yeah, the buy it might've came from, yeah, I might've seen one of your podcasts or I might've received a newsletter that you do. So yeah, there's a bit of context or that's how we ended up on the phone. Yeah. Okay. Well, the first thing I said is uh, a no is not a never. So do you know what? If it's not now, that's absolutely fine. But what I'd want to do is look at trying to continue that relationship and find ways and angles where I can look to support the decision maker and add value to them. So let's just say, for example, um, it's a small business and it's the managing director of the firm, but they have their own set PSL of five people. I would be wanting to understand what that managing director's goals are and what they're looking to try and achieve and what their business development strategy is. And then I could look to present an opportunity. So in my world, let's just say, for example, I work with uh, international law firms and boutique law firms, and I have invited on managing partners of those boutique law firms onto my podcast. And that has been a great visibility, free marketing exposure for them, because that's going out to lots of people in the legal ecosystem free of charge. So I'm thinking of creative different ways where I can continue to add value to that decision maker, not just pitching recruitment services. Yes, I want to be known and top of mind for when he has a role that I have the absolute best candidates and I've got a proven track record and I can back that up to the hills. But if that's not doing enough to convince them, you've got to think of other creative ways about how you can um, 
continue the relationship. And there's other things. If you run a newsletter, you could ask them for a guest article post. And again, you can say that's going to give them ex extra exposure. If you're running a thought leadership, a roundtable discussion, and you know there's going to be people of interest in that discussion, invite them as a guest. Like there's lots of different things you can do to go above and beyond to stay top of mind and foster the relationship. Because if you just say, oh, that's great. I'll get back in a couple of months. Would you like me to send you some CVs? You're still staying at a very transactional level of relationship where you want to become a value add level of relationships. So I always think think creatively, think about how you can go above and beyond to add value to line with their mission, value and purpose and what they're trying to do. And then you'll stand a great chance of really, really breaking down that door. Love that. Final question. So you mentioned it at the very beginning around focus and, and time management and stuff. So what I want to know from you, final question is, what's a non-negotiable for you that you live by each day that you feel like has a, a sort of real massive impact on your productivity day in, day out, and helps you have the best chance of maximizing each day in recruitment? Being consistent on social media daily. Consistent to me is daily. I cannot stress the importance for me as a business owner and being a thought leader is developing my personal brand because I can have the best websites in the world. But as long as I can be communicating and out there and adding value with quality content, that for me is a non-negotiable because it's the biggest, bestest way to get your brand out there. So consistency with my social media, having a prominent brand and is really, really important to me. Um, it's a non-negotiable. If I don't show up, then for me, it's I'm, I'm not being consistent. And we always talk about these things. So consistently showing up and adding value and engaging with my community is so, so, so important because visibility, that is the one key word that is needed in business because visibility leads to conversations. Conversations lead to potential roles, new candidates, leads to potential jobs, which then could potentially lead to revenue. So visibility is a very, very key metric and a non-negotiable. If I'm not visible to my community daily, I feel like I'm not being consistent. I love that. So I guess what, um, what I just want to know on that is... I think this is what I try. So I absolutely love that that's your non-negotiable. I guess what I wanted you to share with us and the people listening is I may have that as a non-negotiable, but I struggle to manage my time or prioritize. To So you feel like that output helps everything, right? Which helps you be sort of maximized each day. So I guess what I just want to know from you before we finish is that being a non-negotiable for you, how do you ensure that you make like how do you ensure that you have time to do show up every single day basically what what do you do on the productivity time management standpoint to make sure you do show up every day Absolutely. I, I, I always plan. So planning the night before, and that's one of the main things for me is at the moment is showing up and being consistent. But the night before I will plan and I will have a set out strategy for what I want to do. So planning yeah. the evening before is super important. So if I know I want to release my newsletter on the Wednesday, it goes out every Wednesday, Tuesday night, I'm making sure I know who I want to tag in my community or who I want to share it with. And what I mean by this is because, you know, I'm being commercial with what I'm doing. I'm not just getting noisy for the sake of it. If I know, for example, I'm working with or trying to activate a candidate in a particular space and my newsletter is in their world, I'm planning the night before how I'm going to send them a targeted email and use that news to reactivate them or generate a discussion. So it's really about planning. And I use a couple of hours each evening to make sure I know how I'm going to be communicating to the marketplace because every day I have free resources at my disposal to engage with my community. And so I'm maximizing yeah. on that. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, so the night before, that's what I was after. So f thank you for sharing that. Um, that was it. Seven questions with a mentor, 15 minutes. Thank you, Rob.
Thank you so much, Hisham. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so, so much. And I look forward to it.